Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate, or you can go to buymeacupofcoffee slash CraigU. All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by, with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you, and promotion of something you're working on. And for $50, everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. And on that note, I'd like to say thank you to Diane, who bought me five cups of coffee through buymeacupofcoffee.com. And because of that, this episode is sponsored by her. Thanks, Diane. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to my username, Bairdo37. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. And there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. This episode is a bit shorter than usual. I scoured the internet finding as much as I can. Because of how I research things, I go to the first-hand accounts of newspapers and uh, library and archives and that kind of thing rather than relying on Wikipedia uh, and, and such. I do use Wikipedia as kind of a base outline, but uh, that's more or less all I use it for. Um, but I scoured newspapers over the course of decades and there was only a bit about John Tatusis. So it's a shorter episode, but it's an interesting one. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Born on the Poundmaker Reserve in Saskatchewan on July 18, 1899, John Tatusis was the son of Mary Teresa and John Tatusis. His grandfather was Yellow Mud Blanket, whose brother was a legendary Cree leader, Poundmaker. Tatusis would say decades later, quote, I come from the Poundmaker Reserve. That Poundmaker Reserve is neither Saskatchewan nor Canada. It is my nation. End quote. As a child, he was taken from his family at the age of 13 and forced to attend the Thunder Child Residential School. He would remain there for four years before returning home. The experience at residential school would be traumatic for Tadusis and would lead him to criticize the system throughout his entire life. He was also harshly critical of the control the Roman Catholic Church had over the indigenous. He would save his time in the residential school that children learn discipline but little else in a daily routine of intensive prayer and manual labor. Upon his return home, his father began to get Tatusis involved in the political life of the reserve. In 1920, at the age of only 21, Tatusis was appointed as the chief of his band by those in his community. This leadership position was not recognized by the Department of Indian Affairs, which had put itself in charge of reserves and required chiefs to be 25 years of age and older. As a result of this, another chief was chosen by the department. But Tatusis would continue to have a leadership position unofficially in the community. In 1929, Tatusis married Louisa Angus, and together they would have ten sons and three daughters. 
More on some of those children later. In 1932, after the sudden death of his father, Tatusis replaced him officially as chief and became the secretary of the League of Indians of Western Canada. Throughout the 1930s, Tatusis would travel to meet with other indigenous leaders, and this was forbidden by the Indian Act, which did not allow gatherings for political purposes. As a result, it often resulted in Tatusis being at odds with Indian Affairs officials, including once at the Cowessess First Nation, where he was arrested and put on a train back home. To do the travels to meet with other Indigenous leaders, Tatusis relied completely on donations to pay his way through Western Canada. He walked, rode a horse, hitched a train, any way he could travel he would. He would recall one ride in which he was perched on the hood of a car that was being towed by a horse, also known as a Bennett buggy. In 1936, he collected enough donations to take the train to Ottawa to meet with the Department of Indian Affairs to find out why the League of Saskatchewan Indians was not having its requests listened to. On the train, he met with an Anglican priest who warned him that the RCMP would be looking for him. Due to being labeled as a communist and troublemaker, he often had to dodge the RCMP as he traveled without a permit from the Indian agent. The Catholic Church and the federal government were also unhappy with him and saw him as a disturber of the peace. Tatusis would say, quote, When I first started to organize my people, Indian Affairs used to use the RCMP to try and stop me from organizing my people, but they were trying to stop the wrong Indian. End quote. One issue was related to oil on reserves. Applications to drill on indigenous reserves in Saskatchewan were put forward by several companies. These applications were put in place without consultation with the indigenous on the reserves. To deal with this, Tatusis would be sent by his people to present their case to Indian Affairs over the issue of the government drilling on reserves for oil without permission. Tatusis always felt that the Indigenous nations should negotiate with the United Kingdom, not Canada. He would state, quote, This treaty we made with Great Britain. There can't be no third party come in there. We were two parties that made this treaty because a treaty is a contract which we have to live up to. End quote. The treaty he was speaking of was the Jay Treaty of 1793. One story that comes from his travels concerns another activist. While having breakfast at a shop near Parliament, he would come across Grey Owl, who was there to meet with the Prime Minister and Governor-General. Grey Owl came up to Tatusis and asked if he could join him for his breakfast, and the two talked for some time. Grey Owl, who would be busy all day, offered his hotel room for Tatusis to sleep in until he returned. The two then met in the evening and spoke further, and Grey Owl offered to introduce Tatusis to people at Indian Affairs. Unfortunately, Tatusis was unable to meet any senior officials, and those he did meet at Indian Affairs were very dismissive of him. And while Tatusis knew immediately that Grey Owl was not indigenous, he did see Grey Owl as an ally to the cause. Despite his treatment from the government and other white people, Tatusis was always willing to work with anyone who wanted to help his people. He would say, quote, Working together, if you can help us on that, that would be wonderful. It would probably be the best thing that ever happened to Canada. End quote. During the Second World War, Tatusis took up the cause of returning Indigenous soldiers, hoping they would not lose rights upon returning home. He would say, quote, We want to make sure before they come back that they will not be neglected on their return. End quote. In 1946, at the Barry Hotel in Saskatoon, Tatusis would become the president of the new Union of Saskatchewan Indians. The Saskatoon Star Phoenix would write, quote, Tatusis has frequently been the spokesperson for his people in matters pertaining to their treaty rights and more than once has stated the Indian viewpoint before officials in Ottawa. Tatusis always wanted there to be an Indigenous representative in the House of Commons to deal with matters that impacted the Indigenous. 
He would co-found the organization with Henry John and Joe Drever after realizing the indigenous needed to unite to counter the broken promises by the federal government. Tatusis would say, quote, We gamble our rights in every election campaign in Canada. Indians have been kept ignorant, poor, and half-starved for years. We must organize to help ourselves. End quote. I'd like to take a quick pause here uh, to mention that right now Manscaped is sponsoring the podcast. And that means that if you uh, want to get a kit or anything like that, you can. And you can save 20% by using the code EHX at manscaped.com. They sent me a kit. It is pretty fantastic. It comes with a lot of great things. And it's not the 1970s anymore. So maybe get a kit called Manscaped. And you can get it again for 20% off by using the code EHX. I kind of did this little ad off the top of my head, but going forward, I'll have a proper ad uh, that will sound a lot better than this one. Okay, let's get back to the show. In 1951, Tatusis was called to Ottawa to represent the Saskatchewan Union of Indians in discussions over the new Indian Act, Indian Bill 267. Tatusis and his organization rejected many of the features of the new bill, especially with how it related to the enfranchisement of the indigenous. Tatusis would say that the Saskatchewan Indigenous were not anxious to see changes to their present Bill of Rights made by proclamation in 1763. At the time to vote, they would have to give up their treaty rights, something Tatusis was not happy about. He would say, quote, We do not want the right to vote. We wish to keep our treaty rights. End quote. Later in that year, Tatusis would help to translate the new Federal Indian Act into Cree so that it could be read by more indigenous in the Canadian prairies. In 1952, a large cairn was unveiled at the Poundmaker Reserve to commemorate the Battle of Cutknife fought during the 1885 Northwest Resistance by Tatusis' ancestor, Poundmaker. On hand was Governor General Vincent Massey, while Tatusis translated his words into Cree for the gathered indigenous. In 1959, the Union of Saskatchewan Indians became the Federation of Saskatchewan Indian Nations, and Tatusis was named as its first president. He would remain as its president for 13 years. The Regina Leader Post reported, quote, John Tatusis of the North Battleford Indian Agency was elected president of the Federation of Saskatchewan Indian Sessions of the Second Annual Conference of Indian Chiefs and Band Councillors, end quote. When the Indigenous were granted the right to vote in 1960, Tatusis worried about the loss of certain rights under treaties once again and the eroding of Indigenous culture. He would say, quote, I don't know what the Indians are going to say about this. Premier Douglas has told us on more than one occasion that it was not the policy of his government to give anything to people they don't want and that, if the Indians asked for the vote, we are prepared to give it to them. We did not ask for the right to vote. End quote. He would add years later on a decision not to vote, quote, I have no right to be voting for a government on the land which is no longer mine. That's your business, but sometimes you make big mistakes by choosing the wrong man. End quote. Throughout the years, Statusis would bring the message of indigenous concerns beyond Canada's borders. He would travel to South America, Sweden, Alaska, and Australia so he could learn about the indigenous problems elsewhere and find solutions to indigenous problems in Canada. Wherever he traveled in his life, he carried a copy of Treaty 6 and a silver medal presented to his ancestors as a symbol of the agreement. His son Gordon would say, quote, The government would like to sweep our treaty under the carpet as something that is obsolete, but he would pull that copy out to remind them it is still a valid agreement. End quote. He would say of his travels, quote, We have to get acquainted with the other nations of the United Nations to get the recognition and try to get the support. 
By learning about what other Indigenous peoples have gone through, Canadian Indians will know better how to guide themselves here. End quote. In 1977, when the Saskatchewan Federation Indians were looking to create a position paper for dealing with the Trudeau government, Tatusis would say, quote, We should stand together. We will be that much stronger. End quote. In 1970, Tatusis was appointed to the Federation of Saskatchewan Indian Nations Senate, where he would remain for the next 19 years. For Tatusis, he was always committed to having the federal government live up to its treaty obligations, something he felt would aid Indigenous economic development. He would say, quote, We never got what was coming to us. All we need is money from the department and we will build the economic base ourselves. We were promised the Indian rights would be protected for as long as the sun shines and the grass grows and the rivers flow. End quote. He would add in a later interview, quote, We made a promise. That is why we want to hold to the treaty. In our treaty, Indians were promised that Indians would have the same level of education as people that came in to live with us, which we never had. End quote. He was instrumental in ensuring that the Indigenous rights were entrenched in the 1982 Constitution Act. He would lead a 20-member delegation of Indigenous from Saskatchewan and British Columbia to it. Tatusis would say later, quote, The Indian people have done a lot for you, but you've done nothing for me. For 114 years, we have been suffering here. Just lately, you have opened the door narrowly, end quote. In 1986, Tatusis was awarded the Order of Canada. His son Gordon would say his father had mixed feelings about the award, stating, quote, He did appreciate being honoured by Canada, but at the same time he felt like it was a bit of a token. You know, hey, how about honouring our treaties? End quote. Tatusis would pass away on February 2, 1989, due to complications from a heart attack. Roland Crow, chief of the Federation of Saskatchewan Indian Nations, would say, quote, We thought of him as a statesman, not a politician. He always addressed the tough issues head-on. End quote. Before his death, the Regina Leader Post said of him, quote, When the white people of Saskatchewan hear the name John, they automatically think of the late John Diefenbaker. But to the Indian people of Saskatchewan, John is John Tatusis. He's an articulate and passionate speaker. His energy and work capacity would put to shame most men half his age. He's tough and determined. His piercing dark brown eyes reinforce the intensity of his tone, end quote. As for his family, his son Gordon Tatusis would become a celebrated Indigenous actor, with his most famous role coming on North of 60, where he played Albert Golo. John Tatusis' daughter was Jean Cuthan Goodwill, the first Indigenous woman to graduate from a nursing program in Saskatchewan, and someone else I've covered on the podcast, so be sure to check that episode out. Both his son and daughter would also be awarded the Order of Canada. His grandson, Tyrone Tatusis, would become an activist, storykeeper, and actor who was awarded the Canadian Diamond Jubilee Medal. Tatusis' son, Gordon, would write of him, quote, Collision with the tough world of white politics never changed his view of the world. Spiritual and humanitarian concerns remain the highest values in his worldview, which was the best articulated in his native Cree, end quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at John Tatusis. Next week, we're looking at the historic Quebec blackout. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, 
Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from the Regina Leader Post, University of Saskatchewan, Past Forward, Wikipedia, McLean, Saskatoon Star, Phoenix, Winnipeg Tribune, Ottawa Citizen, and the Red Deer Advocate. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.